Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Push him down. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Adam Catterall and Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that. On Talk Sport. Welcome to the Fight Night Podcast from TalkSport. I'm Adam Catterall. Pleasure to be in your company. Make sure you subscribe to us. Don't want you to miss out on any of the content that we bring you on a week-by-week basis. So if you can't join us on a Saturday night live when we're in the studio, you can always listen to us throughout the course of the week via the Fight Night Podcast, which is available on the TalkSport website or any of the big providers. Get your subscription button out. Hit it and we'll pop up in your feed on a Monday morning. Now, lots to come on the show. We're going to be talking super lightweights. We're going to be looking ahead to a fight that we're bringing you on TalkSport this week from Manchester. But first, we'll talk heavyweights, shall we? Yes, we'll delve into the big, big heavyweights in a minute, talking Dillian White, Anthony Joshua and all that type of carry-on. But on Saturday night, a young prospect. He's 12 undefeated, 11 knockouts. And he's heading towards, in his eyes... A British title fight showdown with Fabio Wardley. Fingers crossed that can play out. That actually comes up in conversation with the one and only Big D himself, David Adelaide. It's fight night on TalkSport. I'm Adam Castro, Gareth Day Davies alongside me. We're keeping uh, the heavyweight theme rolling in the studio because David Adelaide has very kindly given up a bit of time on a Saturday evening uh, to come join us in the studio. How are you, mate? All good. Healthy, that's the main thing. And uh, thanks for having me. We just how, what, how healthy? More than healthy. You see how I look. 240, (laughs) 245 pounds healthy. 240 healthy. 240, but a horrible journey in like I had, yeah? Man, how busy is it out there tonight? Yeah, no, the traffic. Where are we going afterwards? It's crazy. Where are we going? We're going up west? Where are we going south? I'm a piano spot. No, I can bring you, you know what I mean? I can show him the ropes. Yeah, exactly. I'll play the piano, you sing. That's it, man. I'll put some grease in his bones, have him a bit loose. Listen, we just had a little bit of commentary there from last time out. Um, just to settle now on that performance yeah. what, what, how do you analyse it what do you yeah. make of it was it my best was it my best performance you know I'm a realist I'm not like none of these other fighters that just talk 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 and whatnot. not uh, I keep it real 
but I was working on some things, um, and I learned some things whilst I was out there. You know, um, I was expecting the opponent to be a bit more tougher. It's either that or I hit harder than I think, and I think I hit extremely hard. So you, you seem just analysing it. You seem like you were just holding back on the right hand. You I seem was. like you were I more was. jab heavy and trying to soften him up a little bit. Is that yeah. the ploy that maybe you were going for in that particular fight? Yeah, man, Adam, you know your things, man. I watch, I mean... mate. I use my eyes. Is that is, is yeah, literally so... you, you were looking to try and set traps and open him up a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, you watch my previous fights. I used the right hand a lot, mm. and um, this fight was all about using the jab more. Okay, you know, um trying to find certain things and um, break opponents down with a jab. Um, I know when I hit people with the right hand, they're going to feel it and they're going to hurt. They're going to be hurt, sorry. But um, it's the same thing with my jab. So it's just about using what I got and I'm um, taking advantage of what I got. So um, there's times I'm kind of telling myself, relax, Dave. You know, um, and you know the heavy, they fight at a kind of a slow pace. Mm. Um, when I'm sparring, it's always at a fast pace. So when I was out there, I was like, let me just take my time a bit more. Um see what's going on and uh yeah but i looked i looked over at the fight i could have got him out of there way earlier but at the same time i'm kind of happy i got the rounds in. listen making someone quit that's a that's a big thing that, yeah. that is a big thing 12 wins now obviously 11 stoppages are on that tenure yeah. it's ticking along nicely but there's going to be a point mm. where fans are going to say right i want to see him go and get proper wet i want to yeah. see someone try and hit him back and see what, what what the situation is where are you at right now what what do you want the next step to be for you uh, next step's gonna be these big boys. Hopefully, you know. Um, but like I said, I'm when you 20... say big boys, come on, let, let's be specific. We can use this platform here to be specific and talk serious about what type of names and what type of fights that we want to see you in. Because I think, with the, I personally think, watching you, I think the apprenticeship's done now. I think, yeah. I think, I don't want to sound like I'm speaking out of terms. It's like taking the stabilizers off a little bit and going, yeah. go on then. Yeah, let's see what you've got. Let's see what you're all about then. Yeah. And that's where I think you're at right now. I yeah. want to see that fight next, if I'm Definitely. honest. Definitely. You know, um, if it's down to me as the fighter, I'd fight a lot of these people earlier than I, than I would have anticipated. But at the end of the day, there's people that do it um, before me. You know, the Frank Warrens, my agents and my coaches have been doing it way before I have. And they know a lot more than I do. So it's about listening to them rather than going off what I want to go off. And um. Yeah, I got a lot of people that believe in me, so it's about proving them right, you know. And um, I got a lot of people that doubt me, so it's about proving them wrong. But are you really <clears throat> ready right now? I'm going to say for the top six or seven, and I'm talking here: Tyson Fury, Alexander Usyk, um, Zhili Zhang, um, Deontay Wilder, Andy Ruiz, um, Dillian White. Are you ready for these Not names yet. right now? Right, Not yet. you know, I'm a, like I said, I'm a realist. I got to get the more experience. Um, on the big stage and in the ring. Joseph Parker, Joe Joyce, any I've of these all, I've sparred these people. Um, I've never had trouble, but like I say, it's a different thing when you do it. 36 rounds lights. in those 12 fights, so maybe you need a 10-rounder under your belt. Maybe you need to be in the trenches for a fight. Exactly. I think So you've got that experience when you go into one of those big championships. Exactly. I think, and, and listen, I don't know whether you're on the same page as me with this, David. <laughs> I think there's there's... When you get the level of fight that Gareth's talking about there, there's levels to get mm. to that level of fight, isn't there? Yeah, I personally believe you're you're ready for British title shot. That's mm. where that's where I personally Agreed. that's where I personally think we're at. No, so British that. title level, Fabio Woodley, for example. Yeah, I think that is the fight that I would like to see next. That's a fight a lot of people are talking about. You know, um, it's a good fight. You know, um, of course we both got good right hands. We both know how to fight as well. Uh, it's a fight I'd love. It's you a know, thrilling prospect. You 100%. Thrilling. 100%. Can you imagine a press conference for that? 
you got me <laughs> talking all of that crap, and then you got Fabio dropping his water bottle, getting nervous. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it'd be lovely. Do you know what I mean? It's something that I want. If it well, happens, how, how, it happens. How did, how did it make... I just see those hands going at each other. I, not the press conference; it's the silhouettes dancing. I just, well, you, yeah. it's a thriller. The direction of that, what for me, was on. Yeah. So, how did it make you feel when the British Boxing Board of Control all of a sudden went, "Well, we're going to call Fraser for the fight with Fabio and not yourself"? Because a lot of people anticipated yeah. that it would be you that yeah. would be called for the Fabio. That's fight. what I thought. To be fair, I know uh, Fraser was talking about it and whatnot, but um, then obviously I saw I saw like the list from the. British Boxing Board of Control yeah. said Fraser was mandated against... Well, his uh, team lobbied for it, didn't they? His team lobbied for it. Obviously, yeah. at this stage, I didn't really know much, but um, I did know he was put forward instead of me, and I thought, wow, I really thought I was getting that fight. Mm. And honestly, I thought I was going to get that fight in summer. I thought it would be coming now, because, yeah. um, of course, it happened a few months Yeah, back. yeah. So I thought, man, I thought that would be me, you know. And I was a bit livid, so I thought, nah, they're kind of taking a piss here. So, um... Obviously, I went and tweeted. Well, I tweeted. Uh, of course, I was still, um, I was still diplomatic or whatnot. I was still polite. I just said, "Look, I just think it's a bit of a piss take, really." That I just easy I, on the easy on the peas at this time of night, mate. All right. Apologies for everyone listening. You know, just, just yeah, exactly. Go on, carry, carry on. <laughs> I just thought it was a bit of. A, I just thought it was a bit of um, a, a mockery. Pee, a pee take. Mm. Yeah, I just thought it was a bit of a mockery. You know, I've been prolonged. Did you have a conversation with the board? Did you speak to the guy? I never sp- spoke, yeah, I spoke to, to anybody there. Um, okay. Of course. I didn't need to. Um, didn't think I needed to speak to them before. I didn't need to. I didn't think I needed to speak to them after that. Yeah. You know, they made their decision. I'm not going to mock them for making their decision. Of course, like I said, these people are way more experienced than me. Um, and then obviously, I go and find out that it was Fraser's team mm-hmm. um, that put him forward, and they were kind of pushing for it. So the board accepted it, yeah. which makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not that bad once you hear that. Um, I was upset about it, and maybe even upset's the wrong word. I was just a bit annoyed about it. By the end of the day, I thought, you know what, there's so many different routes. Frank Warren's one of the greatest promoters out there's there. There's no doubt about that. What, mean, did, what did you make of his team pulling him out of it then? That's what I was going to get to. It's actually funny because we went down our route, spoke with my agent and whatnot. We went down our route and, uh, yeah, I remember we did an actual face-off. I just did it because I was bored on a Sunday evening. <laughs> I got told, you want to do this interview? Usually I'd say no. I thought, you know what, let me do it this time. Then um, I ended up doing it. And then he ended up saying, my team believe in me. That's why they're putting me forward. They believe in me. I'm like, well, my team definitely believe in me. I'll tell you that much. And uh, I get told a couple of days before mm. um, the deadline that his team's pulling him out. So it was a bit funny. Do they believe in you? Don't they believe in you? Um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mess on their end. They need to get it together. And um, they need to still find their feet and see what's going on. If the board... You will have had conversations now, obviously, with Frank, and you'll have had conversations with your management as to what you're going to be doing next and going down the route that you want to go down. But if the board make that decision and they call you as mandatory challenger for the British heavyweight title against Fabio, what's your instruction to your team? Give it to me. Okay, you're in. Give it to me. Wait, wait. Well, I'm not going to go start looking for it. I don't need to. Mm, mm. But um, if you're called, like you say, you're not going to make noise for it, but if you're called as a mandatory challenger... You one, are in. One thing about me is, is if somebody knocks on my door, I'll answer. Doesn't matter who it is, you come and knock on my door, I'll definitely open it up and I'll greet you with something. So. But every 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 fighter and every heavyweight says that, but the problem is you've all got agents and management teams and promoters and broadcasters and they don't always fit together. Yeah. What did you... 
Make a Fraser Clark's performance against Marius Vac. We were there for Talk Sport. Was yeah. it last week? Yeah, it was last two week. Weeks ago, two yeah. weeks ago. And based on he might have been facing Fabio Wardley. Did they make the right decision? I didn't watch it. I yeah, saw, um, that's me being honest too, because you know I don't lie about a lot of I don't I don't lie about nothing. But um a lot of the time I would watch these fighters, but um I never watched it. Didn't need to. Um Marius Swack's a slow heavyweight, he's very experienced. Mm. He's old though. But, you know, I thought, decent opponent for Fraser. He ain't going to have a problem, though. He's, he's going to more than likely stop him, I thought. But uh, I heard it went the whole way. I said, oh, I'm definitely not watching it. But I heard um, I heard it wasn't a good performance. Um, I heard it was a stinker. And um, I'm not really surprised. Um, Marius Wack's old. Fraser's kind of getting on a bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I didn't watch it. I just listened to what other people have to tell me about it. There's a group of there's a group of British heavyweights for you to face. Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be British heavyweights, but there is Fraser Clark, there is Fabio Wardley, um, there's Dillian White, there's Derek Chisora. Yeah. Do you want all of these? Guys? Only the people above, all of the people in front of me. You know, um, like is Fraser say, behind you? Exactly that. This is a it's like doing a four hundred meter race, and um, everyone starts at different times. Dillian White, all of these fighters started way before me. Fabio Wardley started way before me. And um, I started, and um, I've done my first 100 metres. I'm on my second lap. I've done The Apprentice, so now it's about, you know, finding my feet, getting into my stride, and um, I'm catching up to Fabio Wardley. He's next. Big D, before you came in the studio tonight, Adam and I were sounding off on the heavyweight division for, for the first half an hour. You belong in the heavyweight division. There's more money, there's more opportunity, there's more glitz and glamour. So, therefore, the, the route to riches, to um, glory in terms of world title contention. Um, I mean, Billy Walker is an old heavyweight from the 60s and 70s. Never fought for a world title, but he's got apartments down in Chelsea on the river. Yeah. And uh, he was married four times. His brother started, I think, Spudulike or something, one of the chains of fast food. He made so much money, never fought, but he sold out Wembley nine times, sold no. out Wembley Arena, bums on seats, he was followed. You strike me as someone that could get a following very yeah. easily. I think because I've got a personality. You know, um, I'm just unapo unapologetically me. You know, um, I'm not fake. Where does that come from inside you? Where does that come from? Has it always been there? It's always been there. You know, um... I'm always told by my dad, you know, I'm literally the spitting image of my granddad. You know, um, he was the same size, he was six seven, so I'm a bit smaller than him, but you know, we had the same sort of temperament and I was always he was always angry. I'm always I wouldn't say angry, but I'm always ready to go. So uh it's just me. You know, um Adam had to tell me to, to lay off the peas, you know, I can only come in and be myself. <laughs> um so yeah, nothing here is scripted. I just come in, I be myself, and if they like it, they like it. Have you channeled the anger? I say anger. Um, you've been boxing a long time. You yeah. were the university's champion. Could we get into university and all those things afterwards? Because I know you've made mum and dad happy by doing your education as well. Tick, <laughs> tick. Now I'll go and fight. Yeah. Tick. Yeah. Um, have you had that anger, as you say, like granddad, Nigerian, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that has been in you. Have you been training that anger for a long time? Yeah, I have been. But I mean, look, you, you see me, you watch me fight. And um. Mm. You know, there's times I watch myself fight and I'm like, damn, why was I swinging like that? <laughs> Man, I should have been a bit more classier there, you know. Um, but it's just the anger in me. Like I say, nothing's scripted. It's about let's go and have it. Um, but I've been I've been channeling it in the right way. You know, um, I suppose we've all got some sort of anger in us, but I say, well, I think mine just, the fire just burns in my, my, 
my stomach a lot more. And um, the times when I go home, I'm like, damn, Dave, man, why did I get so angry in that situation? Or why did I do this? Why, you know? So when I'm, when I'm watching over my spas and whatnot, or when I'm watching over my fights, um, there's times I'm like, oh, I channeled it there. And then there's other times I'm like, damn, I let it go there. I shouldn't have let it go there. So, um, But that's yeah. that's what you're learning at the moment. That's what I'm learning. Under, the, under those bright lights. And yeah. I know, listen... Listen, I'm very vocal about the types of fights that I want to see, and I'm, I'll, I'll stand by everything and say this to you first, that I, I believe that you're ready for British title level. You and Fabio Woodley is the fight that I think should happen next, but I'm not a Hall of Fame award-winning promoter, mm. and Frank Warren is, and he's got a track record of obviously putting you in the right fights at the right time under the right moment in order for you to learn all those things that you mm-hmm. are learning because being cold in those moments is the key element to be able to be able to go to the top, top level. Mm. All the raw attributes are here. Yeah. All the attributes are there. It's about applying them under the lights. You can do it all day in the gym, yeah. but it's about applying it under the lights. And there's no doubt that through those 12 fights, there has been that progression as we're ticking along. But I'm just thirsty for the British title fight. I'm going to be honest with you. No, mm, and I don't I blame you, to be fair. I don't blame you because um, there's so much talent out there. And like you were saying, Gareth, there's, there's a there's a pool of heavyweights. Um, so it's like, why don't we just fight each other? Um, mm. But everyone has this Mayweather effect, you know, back in it. Oh, you have to finish undefeated. And That's a good point. That's a really good point. You know because what? I think it's changed a lot of people's it's opinions of how they approach Everyone's opinion. Like, and fans as well. But and for, fans for, the, for the worst, because people put too much onus on the zero. Exactly that. And I, I, I'm invested more when someone does get beat because I want to know how, the how come, are you going to The comeback fight is always huge. The comeback fight is always huge. Exactly. Like what have you say, got? Exactly. Have you got it? Exactly you know? that. Um, records are for DJs. <laughs> let's go out there and let's break have a few a, exactly <laughs> uh, let's have a dust up and the best man's gonna win at the end of the day um, you go back in history when a man's at his peak and another man's at his peak and they go for it someone's gonna have to come up short mm. Mm. or when you think you're at your peak and when you think you're at your peak you go for it someone's gonna come up short and then you realise no I wasn't at my peak mm-hmm. this is what I did wrong but um, like you said there's character building as well you kinda know who is this person and um, everyone has this effect, oh, I've got to finish undefeated. Um, so I think that's why a lot of people don't take certain fights. Carl Froch had just been invested into the Hall of Fame. I covered his 13 world title fights in a row at the end of his career. He was an amazing fighter, great chin, granite heart, or granite chin and great heart, whatever way around you want to put it. But the thing was about Carl, he hated his opponent. He hated the fact that he hated all his opponents but he hated Groves George Groves more than anyone else and what did it end up with 80,000 people at Wembley that made him made generational wealth him you may end up having a rivalry with Fabio Wardley you could fight him for the British title you could fight him three times Mm -hmm. you may never need to work again Mm -hmm. they could produce the three greatest British fights we've seen in decades 100% and you, yours and his name becomes indelibly linked. And I think that's what you're talking to here. Yeah. You're talking to, here's the opportunity. Something is going to sing if we get in the ring together. Chemistry can be formed. Yes. And people are going to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Because we'll both put it on the line. Exactly Because that. you don't want to knock out bums for the next three and a half years. Nah, you don't like... build up a 20 and 3 record. 20, 23 and 0, 25 and 0 exactly. record. And then suddenly you're facing Jared Anderson who might have beaten Usyk by then or yeah. whoever it is, yeah. you know? No, that's what it's about. You know, um, you're not lying. And um, it's about making these fights now. And um, let's get it on. 
No, um, I think I beat him. I don't know if he thinks he beats me or not. Um, so let's go. Let's go for it. I'm really interested in your training regime, right? <laughs> because I remember, the, I can't remember where we were. We were in somewhere random. America, maybe it was a Fury thing, LA or Vegas or something like that, maybe one of the Fury um, Wilder fights, right? But I just kept seeing you, right, in random airports, just randomly, <laughs> random airports in America. And obviously then you popped up on the show a couple of times and we've asked you about it. You said, yep, yeah, I go out to Vegas and I go out and do my training there. Yep, yeah, I go out to LA and I do my training there. And recently you've up sticks and done a little bit in Puerto Rico, right? Yeah. So talk to me Puerto about... Puerto Rico, so talk to me about this, <laughs> talk to me about this mentality, right? Because obviously yeah. you've got a home base here in a home base gym here in the, in the UK, but you do just randomly, it seems, yeah, man, I'm going to go and clear off and I'm going to go and get some training in Miami or something like that. What, what was the mentality with that? Um... So just to go back on what you said, you said a lot of people are tuning in. I don't blame them. Like I said, none of these heavies got a personality. Okay. I'll so bring that. We'll get back to that in a minute. Please you can, do. You can, you can personally address it in a minute. Thank you. Okay, go on. Carry on. But, um, yeah, you know, um, I just, obviously, the training is obviously essential and um, no distractions in London. And um, my coach has always told me, Dave, we're going here, we're going here, we're going here. And uh, I love it because boxers taking me to countries I'd never would have been to. You know, um, I had no reason to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, and I was there. Long flight, but I was there. Um, and the reason for it, is it the level of sparring? Yeah, we obviously, but you're big, we bring our sparring partners over from America a lot of the time as well. But um, the distractions and my coaches. Right, okay. Yeah. Was, as Gareth was saying a minute or two ago, right, you've spent a lot of time in different gyms all over this world. Yeah. Who have you had a good knock with then? I have a good sparring with everyone, to be fair. Um, because you, you've been part of Tyson's camps, haven't yeah, you, for you know, his preparations and all these types of things? You know, I think I, I think I surprise a lot of people, if I'm being honest. You know, um, I spar a lot of people and um, they're like, wow, Dave, I really didn't know he was like that. You know, when we spar you and I, you're smart, you're fast, you hit hard, you, you move a lot. They think man. that you're just a puncher, yeah? I think they think I'm just a puncher. I'm okay. probably just this big, brutal puncher that just tries to come in and knock everyone out. And, you know, there's times and then I get certain instructions for the round and we want you to go out there and do this, Dave, and I... I go out there and I implement it and, um, and I stick to it. And um, You get the Usyk vibe going, yeah? You go south for... You go... <laughs> I mean, I try to. No, no, I actually do try to. But um, yeah. just about learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just about learning and I'm a student, you know. Um, so I just try to go out there and listen and um, I have faith in my coaches. So they sometimes they tell me to do some things. And I'm like, like, damn, you want me to do that? They're like, yeah. And I, and I go out there and I understand. I'm like, oh, man, I saw this, I saw that. And, um, and when you're in... For example, with the Tyson Fury. Or Man, a... I tried to divert that. You tried to come yeah, no, no, I'm coming back on it as well. <laughs> yeah, but no, when, you can't divert us. But when you're in We're too used to like this. That, the, the <laughs> must, you must be in there and looking and thinking, right, this is the best guy on the planet. Yeah. And I'm having a bit of a dance with him and I'm seeing the shapes that this guy's throwing. Mm -hmm. There must be certain things that you're going, ah, all right, okay. And you're yeah, taking that and trying to add oh. that to your game. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, Tyson's a genius in there. Um, he really is, you know, um, but you've really got to be in there with him to kind of suss out what he's doing. Give, you know? it, give, me, give, me, give me the one thing that you take away from Tyson Fury Spa that you try and implement into your own game. The feints and the timing. Yeah? Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to give away too much because I'm going to be using it 
to knock these you, chumps out. But when I watch him, yeah. and Gareth might have a different opinion on this, when I watch him, his understanding of the geography of that ring is different. Is unbelievable. He knows where he is. I mean, and he and he knows where he needs to be next. And he knows where he needs to be next. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. He knows his attributes. And he kind of tries to work off your attributes and he sees what you're good at and he's like, okay, this is what he likes to do here or this is what he does here and, oh, his feet's like that, he's going to do this. and you know, um, Even tiny works. little things of being in a clinch and how to get out of that clinch when the referee says break to even, then be in a different position on the mat. I was just about mat. to say that. Even being in a different position right. and, you know, when he, when he works, he really does work because, of course, I mean, I'm in the gym with him and thing about Tyson is he talks he talks to you and when we spar after the spar he, we all talk and um, I hear what his coaches are saying obviously I was training with Sugar as well so I kind of understand everything he was doing so um, obviously I don't want to talk too much and give away game plans and whatnot <coughs> and how people think but yeah. um, I used to have this thing where I used to never talk to people about boxing and I never used to really be intricate and I never forget um, I was talking to my brother and we was talking boxing for hours and um and that couple coaches, and they're like, damn, Dave, your IQ is pretty good. <laughs> I said, yeah, I just never really say it to nobody. You keep your secrets. You've but I just keep, keep it to myself. You know, um, if they think I'm silly, then let them think I'm silly. And, yeah. Um, yeah. When I set certain things up, when I do certain things, they just be flabbergasted. Have so, you uh, have you sparred Usyk as well? No, I was actually meant to spar Usyk for the Joshua fight one time. I got the call up, and um, I was sparring Tyson at the time, so I never went. So, um, yeah, I stayed in, I stayed in the UK. Can the, I ask who, your view? Who, who is on, the best? Who's the best? Yeah, can I spot? ask your view about when if Fury and Usyk meet? What happens? Do you think if Fury and Usyk, which yeah. one do I answer first? Well, who's the who's the best that you sparred? Is it Tyson? Everyone's got different things because mm. you know they say styles mm. make fights, right? Yeah, everyone's got different things. Yeah, um, but in terms of awkwardness, one hundred and ten percent, yeah, it's got to be Tyson. Okay, I mean, that that man. Goes they all in say there. that about him. Awkward. Okay, he, he, he really yeah. is. He really is. And then Gareth's question was, who wins? Fury and Usyk, the silhouettes moving, yeah. the dance. How do you see that fight playing out? If I'm being 110% honest, you know, I genuinely think like Tyson could stop him. You know, I'm, I've been in the ring many, many times with him. I mean, I've probably done over 150 rounds with him. Mm. Um, yeah, I think Tyson stops him. I was talking to Tyson, he, he was telling me some things he's going to do in the, in the ring with Usyk. I'm like, yeah, man, Usyk's in trouble. Let, 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 us, yeah. let us ask you about the frustration that it is. You're in the top, I think you're in the top 15 in a couple of the sanctioning bodies now. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're not at the level, or n- not at the stage, not necessarily the level. Um, you're not at the stage where you are waiting for a world title fight. And all this, there's this roadblock going on. The, yeah. the, the chessboard is frozen. It's like winter. It's like everyone's skating everywhere, but there's no heat yeah. anywhere and it's a very odd situation I can't remember it being like this in all the time been involved in, in boxing over 30 years and I was just looking up today when um, before you came on when Don King created the uh, the heavyweight world series in 1986 and 87 when we had a similar situation Mike Tyson ended up as the undisputed champion when you see the game that's going on with the money being offered in Saudi Arabia, the fights being projected towards November and December for Usyk, for Fury, for Wilder, for Joshua, and yet they've still got to fight this summer. Is it frustrating for yourself when you look at that heavyweight landscape and think, would I react differently if I was in that scenario? Yeah. Frustrating is probably not the word, but I look at it sometimes and I think I wouldn't personally do that. But, I understand where they're coming from, but I mean, at the same time, you sit there and you think, man, why wait till the end of the year? 
you're both free now. You know, you can get it done now or, you know, you're both in the gym now. In their prime. In your prime. <laughs> you know, um, undefeated Fury and Usyk. Right? So it's like, get the work in now. Mm. And um, December could be another fight. So if they fight now in summer, you know, um, give the fans what they want. They're going to be laughing to the bank. You come back in December and you go again with somebody else. Um, why wait until December? Who who will Fury and, and Joshua fight in the summer, in your view? I think... I mean, I heard the Joshua Dillian White um, saga. And um, obviously, Dillian White's not not pleased. He's not happy with the money being offered. So I think Joshua goes against Miller. That's what I think. And I think... I mean, Fury and Zhang would have been a good fight. But I see Fury going against... Um, and like a European sort of heavyweight. Kit Bael. Kit Bael. Agit Exactly that. A fight we like that. Maybe, yeah. maybe Andy Ruiz, if Andy Ruiz, you know... Um, he drops million, his standards. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He, he drops his standards and and whatnot. Then um, maybe they can make that fight. Uh, but uh, I see it being against a a Caballero or I wouldn't be surprised if Pulev comes out the woodworks and fights. A, <laughs> but if you were offered forty million to fight, you were offered. Say you've got twenty five million in the bank already, yeah. right? Thirty million in the bank. If you were offered forty million to fight in December, yeah, and ten million to fight in the summer, yeah, jeopardizing that, what would you do? No, exactly. I'll probably wait until December. Yeah, but that's the logical thing. It's, isn't it's it? logical. It is logical. Yeah. But um, as an athlete, and I like being active, and I like training for a purpose, I would more than likely fight in summer. Um, do you want to address the text? I feel I feel like I'm causing trouble on the school playground. No, here. no, no, no. Just do a Simon Jordan. Come on, this is what the, we, well, we'll, we'll be white and Jordan well, for what's a moment. Happened? My producer brought me a text message in the last <laughs> break, right? And it's from a certain British uh, heavyweight champion right now, who mm-hmm. is uh, Fabio Woodley. And then we've been speaking about Fabio. Obviously, he's not here to uh, to address you personally. Muppet. Um, but he, uh, <laughs> he he made a reference to a previous fight that uh, you've had with uh, Camille yeah. Sokolowski. I think Sokolowski retired this week, didn't he? I don't know. I don't really care for any of them. Him. Fabio. Well, he's made, he's made a reference. He's made is this a reference. anger rising now? No, they're just all wallads. Do you know what it is? I'll be honest. And I say it time and time again, but it gets boring. You know, um, yeah, that Sokolowski fight wasn't my greatest performance. I was never flustered in that fight. I never got hit with no shots that hurt me. Um, I didn't look out my depth whatsoever. And um, and I say it, it time and time again. It was, it was a tight, t- it was a tight fight. It was tight. I don't sit there and I lie. I say it all the time. 57 Marcus my, McDonald's. My brother the, uh, said to me, a man knows me inside out. Dave, that's the worst I've seen you box. I'm a true pro. So I know it was a tight fight. And if I went in there, anytime after that, once I got my problems rectified after the fight, so Klaus, you wouldn't have seen the last bell. It's just facts. Facts and figures, they're two things I don't lie. And David Adelaide, you don't lie. Give me the next 12 months. Um, ideally, like I said, from a from a fight fan's point of view, we want to see the British title fight with Fabio Wardley. Fingers crossed. Now, if that doesn't materialise, what mm. is the path? What what can we see you doing activity-wise? Are we talking at least three over the next 12 months? Maybe more, four? More. I'm 26, you know, I'm young. So um, now is the time to have these um, fights and have as much as possible. Um, the older you get, the less you fight. You know, um, you look at the people at the top of the tree, they fight twice a year. Um, ever so rarely three times a year mm-hmm. so um, I mean I, I like to fight I mean if I could fight every two months it would be perfect but 
you know, modern day boxing is not like that. So um, I'll just stay as active as I possibly can. If the Woolly fight doesn't happen, there's many other fighters. Um, there's many fighters with a bigger profile than he has. Um, so there's there's a lot I can do. You know, um, that fight doesn't need to happen. I turned pro um, not knowing who Fabio Woodley was, realistically. You know, um, it's only when, you know, reporters give it to you and then they start mentioning certain names and then I start catching up and it looks like our trajectory are due mm. to meet, then you start to find out who they are. So, um, yeah, when I turned pro, Woodley was never on the radar. He's only on the radar for now. You know, if the fight happens and I chin him, then I go somewhere else. Um, nobody talks about him to me again. Or... Like Gareth said, if it's a good fight, people might say, man, we need to see that at world level now. Or we want to see that fight where you two are fighting for a, a world title instead. But um, yeah, man, I mean, listen, I, I'm blessed by having Frank Warren and my agents. And um, as you already know, man, Frank Warren's clearly doing a good job. Everyone talks well, about it. Well, there's, so. there's parallels. I mean, when, when James DeGale and George Groves fought, it was roundabout now for them. Um, and look what they both went on to do. They never fought at world level yeah. afterwards, but they both had amazing trajectories, yeah. did very well out of the sport, covered them all over the world. Um, presumably, um, you know, you're under Queensbury. Um, Joe Joyce and Gili Zhang fights, we believe, in early September. Tyson Fury's talking about a fight in early September. Presumably you can be on that card. You could even be on a card in Saudi later in the year. So you could have four fights this year. There's there's some there's a there's a critical um question that's coming here. Gents, question for David. This is gonna get you this can get Mr. Anger rising. How does David think he's earned the right to be talking the way he is about Fabio Wardley? In reality, he's not done a lot in his career yet, and fighting on low level cards against journeyman hasn't earned his stripes enough yet to think he can mix it with Fraser Clark or Wardley yet. Tell him come in the gym and I'll spar him. I'll show him why I deserve to be where I am. We're hearing that from you tonight. Do you know what I've never okay. had this so fervently or strongly for you? I'm sure you'll agree with me, Adam. The 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 confidence that David talks with about how he feels when he's in the gym well, and his journey and I, the, I, the energy he's giving the 150 rounds of Tyson Fury yeah yeah because realistically you mean it and it's I mean you, it you know you I know. look in the mirror you, you and know. it's me mm, mm. when nobody's there and the lights are off mm. I'm in the bathroom and I'm looking in the mirror I believe what I'm saying we've only seen one fight where you've been frustrated against Sokolovsky and. You know, other than that, what we see of you is a guy that wants to destroy opponents, that's hurt looking, to, that looking to hurt them. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. 100% right. to be, to be fair, but to, you're talking to, about finesse tonight as well, which I'm one really... One second, just back on that text, yeah. right? In, in, in fairness and in reference to the person that has just texted in there. No right? name, by the no, way. No, there isn't a Obviously. name on there, which is a shame. Right. I would have loved you to put the name on there, right? I'm going to do that. So Ed, Ed, our producer It's probably Fabio, know. mate. But, Fabio text and it's probably <laughs> Fabio that sent that message. The Muppet. is it Fabio? Ed? Is it our producer? No. But he that, doesn't know. But that's why he's not answering the messages. If, if the person who has texted in has been listening for the last half an hour, that is kind of what we've been saying. You yeah. have been on this learning trajectory as a professional. You've had twelve fights. You've been perfect through that twelve. And as I said to you at the start of this, I want you now to be in a fight where it's like, right, okay, let's, let's see, see what, you, let's see what you, you back want. up. You, but Absolutely. more than you, Adam. Big D wants to be I in it. it. He's ready. I don't mind having to. I don't mind having to prove I can live how I talk. I don't mind. And Andrew, yeah. I'll tell you yeah. something. And, and we're I, not I, talking. With all due respect, we're not talking. Get in with Tyson. Get in with AJ. Get in with. Yeah, I see, like I said to you, I'm a realist. I'm not ready for them boys yet. And we're, and we're not saying that. But what we are saying is British title level. Absolutely, you've yeah. done twelve now. 
It should be Brit- That was Fabio, mate. It, it should it be British Fabio title team. level now. It was probably Eddie Hearn that said Would that you message. beat Dillian White right now? I'll stop him. Would you beat Derek Chisora right now? I'll spot Derek Chisora. He's a very good opponent, but I'm young, so... But Derek's my guy, so we're not even going to talk about Derek. Shout out, Derek. Would you beat Anthony Joshua right now? Joshua's got experience in the big stage. It's different, so nah. Would you beat Alexander Usyk right now? Usyk? No, I won't beat Usyk. I won't beat Joshua. I won't beat Usyk. I won't beat Wilder. I won't beat Fury. I won't... I'm keeping it real. We're not right now. No, no, no. I like I'm 26. It. I like Give it. me a bit more time and a yeah, bit more experience. Yeah. Even the Derek Chisora's, mate. Derek Chisora beats a lot. People don't realize. Derek Chisora beats a lot of these heavyweights. A lot of these heavyweights that haven't been in the ring with him that everyone's talking so greatly about. If they get in the ring with like the Chisora's of this world, Chisora beats a lot of them. Mm. You know, experience is a big, big factor. You might be ready for someone like a Takam or a, um, one of those guys. He's ready. He's ready for I, Fabio I Wardley. Ta- Takam. That's no, no, what no, he's, no, let's make the no, noise no, for that fight. No, That's we'd, the we'd, fight. We'd like to see that fight. We Come really on. would like That's to see that fight. That's the fight. That's the fight. Fabio I'm, Wardley I'm ready for Fabio Wardley. You know it's the fight. The fight fans um, know it's the fight. That is the British title fight. You and Fabio Wardley. It is the absolute perfect fight to make. I hope the British Boxing Board of Control make it. And listen, if it goes to first bid, it goes to first bid, whatever. But that's the fight to make. Good fight. It's a good fight to make. It's a great um, fight to make. Like I said, I'll take it. I mean, Fabio says he'll take it. He's had some fights where he shouldn't have taken them and he did take them. So he might take I it. I think he'll take it. Um, I genuinely think he'll take it. I don't know, man. I don't know. Is Fabio really that guy? He's sending the messages and then when we calling him off air, he's not answering. Is he really that guy? We don't know. And like you guys say, a, a lot of fans... You know, you know, we live in a world nowadays where you know I'm too confident. Some people are like, man, I want to see this guy get beat, and I understand that. No, but that's a great. That's those 100%. haters love you. Them haters the love me, realistic. Yeah, of course they do. And you win them over every time. I'm you do a realist. It. Yeah, I say it time and time again. I don't want to keep saying it, but I mean, I'll go in there against the Wardleys, and I will really go out there and put my heart on my sleeve, and let's have it out. And the sort of person I am, you'll see. You guys, will, everyone will see it. You know, I don't lie about nothing. Um, some people just don't like my confidence. But Listen, he- the heavyweight division's always been about big, brutal fights and knockouts and yeah. six foot five plus men yeah. like yourself, 240, 250, 260 pounds. And it is, yeah, and it is always, but that is why heavyweight boxing is mm. different to the rest. Mm. So you may win 36 and lose four. You know, you may win all 40. Mm. You may win 33 and lose seven. But no, hopefully. Hell no. But oh you, hell no! But if you finish with twenty five million in the bank, David, and your faculties intact, you will have done your job Simple. and won a world title. You will have won your done your job and, and created legacy for the, all your loved ones and your little ones. One hundred and ten percent. I mean, you look at uh, a lot of the heavy. I mean, the heavyweights that I looked up to: the Arlies, the Foreman, yeah. Ernie Shavers, Lennox, Cleveland Williams, Lennox, Lennox Lewis, as well. Van der Holyfield, George Foreman, Jack Johnson. Nobody really retires undefeated, right? I mean, no, because you're, you're supposed to have proper fights, aren't you're you? Meant to have proper fights, That's and it. if you're a man of war, like we said, you go to war, and there's not every time you step out and you go to war, you might win. It's not, mm. you know. Um, but at the end of the day, it builds your character. It's been you a know? pleasure, man, and it's a pleasure watching the journey at the moment. Fingers crossed, really the next is, one really is, is the British title fight. We would love to see that. I mean, it's always a pleasure, never a chore. The, the, the public, you know, Fabio what, what, what you... punch you in your jaw. <laughs> 
Mate, what, what we've had from you got, tonight, You've got though. bands, actually, haven't you? Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, you do the interviews no. where you've, th- you've thrown a few bars out. Yeah, but I'm a bit artistic. Of all, you know, we have a lot of guests in the studio and... People will be intrigued by you after tonight in many, many deep mm. ways, in my view. No, thank you. And um, to everyone tuning in as well, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. Um, I think it's about time the heavyweight scene had a personality and someone that can kind of hold it up. I'm the next generation. Um, boxing never made me. I am who I am without boxing, with boxing. Um, I'm just unapologetically me, so... You know, you've got Don't to take change. it or leave it. Don't I'm not going to change. You won't. Good. Whether they like it or not, I'm sorry you're going to have to put up with me. I mean, I'm 26, so I'm going to be on the camera a lot more. And um, as you can see, I'm photogenic. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Right, before we move on to our next guest, let's stick it with the uh, heavyweights and talk about the bigger, bigger boy, shall we? What is going on with this Dillian White-Anthony Joshua fiasco? Well, Dillian was on White and Jordan a little earlier on in the week, and this is what he had to say. You will have seen or heard Dillian White on TalkSport this week. He popped up on the White and Jordan show, didn't he? Um, And he was talking about the constant back and forth, it seemed, on social media. Lots of uh, contradictory uh, thought processes from different camps as to what direction Anthony Joshua is going in. Anthony Joshua is supposed to be fighting on August the 12th. That's the date that we keep getting told from his promoter, but we have yet to nail down an opponent. Dillian White, we were told, uh, was the front runner, but there's loads of whispers out there that uh, maybe he was a little bit too pricey for that August 12th date. Dillian White came on Talks about this week and said, that's not the case. I accept the deal, whatever the deal is. Uh, and Eddie Hearn, after listening to TalkSport, has responded to that and said, OK, contract's in the post. Are you anticipating that fight to materialise in, what, six, seven weeks' time? Well, until the two men actually come at a press conference and formalise it, I have my doubts. But because clearly they were low-balling Dillian White, I think. That's the indication he seemed to be having. Yes, he, he was great on uh, White and Jordan earlier in the week. Um, I'm glad he put his case. Do you know that? What are the numbers? Do we know the numbers that, that, that were offered to Dillian? Do we know what the situation is? Well, you and I had a chat about this before we came on, and you know, he, he's it's a big fight, it will do numbers. Um, yeah. Joshua earns around 10 million a fight with DAZN. This right. is a this is not a, a gold or platinum event, it's a mid ranging event for him, it's not a world title fight. So, I imagine. It's around the two million dollar mark, and but it could be even lower. Yeah. Um, you know, he hasn't looked amazing of late. He, yes, he got back into winning ways, 
uh, against Jermaine Franklin. He's been out a while. He lost to Tyson Fury badly uh, in April last year. Um, we're talking Dillian now. Obviously. And we're talking about Dillian. Yep. Um, and I think, yes, obviously, because Anthony Joshua has beaten Jermaine Franklin as well. But I think he did a, a smart thing by coming on. I imagine with all the fighters, they all want to fight each other, but it's what their teams can get for them. So the negotiation has obviously been between his team and Eddie Hearn's team. Um, but, you know, when you look at the options, if we believe that they are heading towards uh, a November or December fight for Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, one we're all anticipating, and that Joshua needs to fight um, in the summer. And let's look where he's ranked. Three with the WBC, three with uh, the WBA, four with the IBF, mm. and two with the WBO. He's mm. still way up there. He's probably still the third or fourth best heavyweight in the world. Um, does he look for an easier opponent in the summer. Uh, Lenier Perro, uh, the number four WBA, who no one in the British public has probably ever heard of, apart from the uh, boxing nuts out there. Does he fight um, uh, an Otto Valin? Does he fight an Agit Cabayel? Um, does he fight someone who it doesn't matter? Why fight? Well, because he's got to stay active, in my view. He may not end up fighting... But that we understand they've booked uh, the O2 Arena for August the 12th and they're looking for a fight for him. Mm. I just think that there's... Two... Do you think it's going to happen? Um, do, you think, do you think he'll fight twice this year? I think it, we're in a weird situation because everything that's come... The noise that comes out of Saudi Arabia kind of distorts the whole situation, doesn't it? And if the, the money rumours are led to be true and we are heading in the direction of Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder, they can't obviously give a concrete offer until all this summer shenanigans... As is, we heard from Amir Abdullah, the, the, the head of um, Skills Challenge yeah. last week, who, so, who runs that. So let, let's say... I mean, this is heavyweight boxing. Crazy things do happen. So... At the moment, there is a value on Anthony Joshua to fight in Saudi Arabia against Deontay Wilder. But will that value diminish if he uh, you know, has a less than impressive performance against somebody or indeed loses against somebody? I think it does. Well, no, the fight is not there if he loses, in my view, or how he loses. So why take the risk? Why, make the, why well, do a summer fight? But this week, the WBC are putting pressure on Deontay Wilder and Andy Ruiz to fight this summer as well. And the ideal thing is that Andy Ruiz... And Deontay Wilder fight this summer. So we've got a mandatory then for the WBC, the winner of that. Yeah, but that's for Ty Tyson Fury. For Tyson Fury. So that would. But what that, I'm saying so is, if, if Wilder comes through that, that's him versus Deontay Wilder 4. Yeah. That's but, not the fight that we want, though, is it? No, but what I'm saying is that could happen later. That, that could even happen later, uh, Wilder and Fury 4, which may happen if Fury wants to go on if he beats Usyk. If he loses to Usyk, who knows what happens there? Maybe they fight again if it's a dramatic fight a controversial fight but Wilder Ruiz Fury Joshua Fury and Joshua need to fight this summer in my view why, why leave it so long just because there's money a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow at the end no, of the I agree. Year. I... or just say we're going to wait for the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow why why shilly shally around at the moment saying yeah we're all going to have a summer fight fury announced something again a couple of days ago we're waiting for an announcement next week the the, the people the powers that be i've contacted them this week they're silent they're silent on the other side of the pond they're silent over here with queensbury there's nothing coming out. Tyson's teasing a huge announcement soon. And he doesn't ever tease with for no reason. But I do think 
that these guys who I've mentioned are in the frame. I think um, Otto Valens floating about. Eddie Hearn said that um, Dimitri Salita, his his promoter, has been in touch offering him. Agit Kabayel, who is, you know, at best a 13, 14 ranked heavyweight in the world with a couple of the sanctioning bodies. Joe Joyce, we understand, and Zhili Zhang's going to be announced next week um, for September at the at Wembley. There's nothing there that wows anybody, though, is it? Arena, no. But they should all be fighting. That, that None of them are fighting. All the other divisions are doing it at the moment. All the other divisions are usurping and outgunning and outmanning the heavyweight division and embarrassing agree. the top six, seven, eight in the in the world at heavyweight. I agree. Um, but it's distorted by Saudi because they, because it's very difficult to turn up, I think. It shouldn't be. Um, and we've got a few heavyweights on the show tonight. David Adelaide. I mean, I asked, um, asked Lambek Mahmoudov, uh, who we've spoken to, who's on the show later about it. And he said it's just a process of patience. you just got to keep winning. I mean, no one really knows who he is, but he's with top rank. He's based he's in America. He's a phenomenal heavyweight. He's 16-0. Mm. He, he's a big tank of a man. He's a big... I tell you what, he's a very friendly... friend. I want to say green giant, but he's a friendly giant... He's a friendly old giant. And he well, d- on that, just, <laughs> let, let's get to this, because um, we're, I think we should hear from both. Obviously, yeah. Eddie Hearn, uh, who was speaking to IFL a little earlier on this week in response to the Dillian White uh, comments that was made here on TalkSport. Uh, and I think we should hear those comments first from Dillian White. Here we go. I've never thought the fight was real, because the way... We, like I said, I've been negotiating with Eddie Hearn for, for years. I know when Eddie wants a fight. I know when Eddie's interested in a fight. When Eddie wants a fight... He, he calls you, he bugs you, he bugs you. Let's get it on, let's get it on. We're, what can we do? Where's the number? What can we get a fight on? Let's make the fight happen. What what, um, what are we doing? And we haven't spoken to Eddie in one month. We've had one freelance email about the fight. No conversation at all. We've been trying to contact Eddie for one month. Multiple phone calls and email. They've just gone missing. I don't know. It's strange. And also, uh, we've, we, we, we've responded to the offer, asking them a few normal business questions, like, why is the fight... In the middle of the holiday season, why don't we, why is the fight not why is the fight in the middle of the holiday season when, when most of the UK goes on holiday around that time of year? And also, why is the fight at the O2? It should be a stadium fight. It should be a stadium fight. Wembley, a top number, something like this. This is a normal business question. I'm one of the biggest um boxers around today, so these are just normal business questions. You ask to these kind of big fights, you know. I mean, there's no terms and condition because normally I've been negotiating with Indian for years. I know this thing go. I know he negotiate. You know, I know that his first offer is never his final offer. It's just you throw a bait out there and after, okay, there's interest. And then you you you, you finalise the terms and you get the fight on. I've been in match room for years. This should be the, the easiest fight to make. I've always done business with Eddie on, 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 on good terms. So if, he, if it makes sense what he's saying, I'll say, yeah, let's go. I don't know how many lines the email was. It was to say, would we would like you to offer you the fight with Anthony Joshua on August the 12th for a purse of X. They came back and said, absolutely not. This is, I think the term they used was unacceptably low and nowhere near the number that we would want for this fight. So I just went, okay. Spoke to AJ and they went, all right, we'll, we'll move on to someone else then. That was really how it went. Since then, of course, we heard the interview this morning saying, that's now acceptable, that offer. So I sent them an email and said, do you take the deal? And they said, yes. So I said, great, we'll send you a contract this afternoon. 
A lot of he, he said, she said in that uh, particular conversation. One thing that is absolutely for sure, and I'm a big advocate of this, at the end of the day, if you want to make a fight, you can make a fight. And it yep. all comes down to the fighters to be able to make a fight. Dillian White has got off his backside, got on TalkSport this week, and he said what he needed to say in order to try and push a fight forward. And with all due respect, it's now been put on Anthony Joshua and Eddie Hearn's toes. It's on them now. Dillian White has said that he's accepted it. So if you've offered him the fight and he's accepted your terms, then I'm sure the British uh, public are going to be expecting Anthony Joshua versus Dillian White on August the 12th. Yeah, and, and, and Eddie Hearn saying we're going back to him, um, which is good news. Um, but then will they accept the terms when he comes back? Um, he's accepted that offer, he says. He said it live on radio, that I'll, I'll take the offer they gave me, um, even though his team have clearly said it's unacceptable, because he doesn't want to lose the opportunity. He believes he will knock Anthony Joshua out. He believes he can upset the a apple cart. And he also knows, Adam, that if he does beat Joshua, he suddenly becomes a viable guy to make that journey to Saudi Arabia may maybe later in the year against... Uh, Deontay, Deontay Wilder, Wilder or yeah. someone a another well it's a Deontay Wilder isn't it? Yeah, it could I think, be I think the only fight really in, in Saudi Arabia for Dillian White would be a Deontay Wilder as I, I honestly believe that that is the only fight right now for for Anthony Joshua and also Joshua against White is a fascinating fight you at know, this stage of the career it it's is, yeah. fascinating they're both quite weather worn um, they've both got so much to prove. They both still want to be world champions. This isn't a world title fight. And in many ways, it's the championship of each other right now. It's the time for them to prove the bragging rights late in their career, in their mid-30s, that they are still the man, whether it be North London or South London. This is a, this is a vicious fight between two men who really don't like each other. And it's fireworks. And both have explosive power. Both don't like each other. They're going to stand and trade. But will Eddie Hearn, will Anthony Joshua risk all against Dillian White? For me, it's it's probably a 50-50 fight in lots of ways for both men. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Rob, do you think it materialises? Well, I mean, if we if we believe what Eddie's said this week um, and we believe Dillian that has persuaded his team that he will take that offer and he said it publicly on yeah. radio, then I do think it will happen, yes. And it should happen. Right, whilst we're in the mood of making fights... Uh, let's try and make one in the super lightweight division, shall we? We saw Regis Progray fight last week, defending his crown, and there's lots of talk about where he is going next. He's going to be with us very shortly, and he'll answer those questions. But before we get there, one lad that wants a crack at him is Jack Catterall. He was on the show with his manager, Sam Jones, at the weekend, and we'll start with Sam, shall we? This is what he's got to say for himself. Get the starter on before the main course. How are you doing, Adam? <laughs> Very well indeed. Sam Jones, obviously, uh, manager of Jack Catterall. And in fact, I think you're actually managing the entire Northeast boxing uh, roster at the moment, mate, aren't you? You've signed every man and his dog from the, from the Northeast of England. This yeah, and golden generation up in uh, up in Newcastle. I'm glad to be a very small part of it. But yes, yeah, some some going to be some very fun nights, definitely up north. Well, we'll constantly. Well, we'll talk. I'm um, no doubt about Mark Dickinson and the likes that you've signed up. Uh, as and when they've got fight, fights booked in the future. But for right now, let's talk about Jack Catterall because uh, this is a, a young man 
that uh, a lot of fight fans believe should have been crowned undisputed champion uh, last year. That didn't materialise. We hadn't seen him until earlier this year when he had a, a decent uh, rust blow-off fight, let's just say, and now he's got his eyes firmly fixed on trying to fight for world titles. Last week, Regis Progre uh, was in action. He maintained his status as, uh, as world champion, and I no doubt that uh, Jack's got his eyes on trying to get that fight or the fight with Subriel Matias as well, who also holds the IBF crown. Now, it, it does seem a little bit funny to me, Sam, and obviously you're a manager and you'll have an opinion on this. Whenever a fight is being touted for the champions at the moment at 140. Jack Catterall's name doesn't seem to get mentioned as much as it should do as next in line for the world title shot. Well, yeah, that is, it's, that's a, it's a fact. I mean, I think it's more to the fact, listen, Jack's not a, a, a big mouth. I mean, that's probably where I come in. I am a big mouth and I will shout it to the to the hills. I believe Jack Catchell is the number one in the division. I think he's already proved it. I don't want to sit and cry about what what happened with Josh Taylor. You look forward. And before um, respectfully, Regis Progress stunk the gaff out last weekend. Re Jack was the only only person calling Regis out. Now Regis has had a, a lacklustre performance. There's, there's, there's people are coming out the uh, coming from underneath the floorboards to fight him. Regis Progre is a phenomenal fighter, by the way, an absolutely phenomenal fighter, and he's a great guy as well. But he did look uh, below par last week, but whether he's firing on all cylinders or he's below par, Jack Cattrall beats him, and uh, that's the fight we want to make next, Adam. Um, I know they're trying to reach out to Devin Haney, but I believe Devin Haney, who is another great fighter, I believe he lost against Lomachenko, and I believe he needs to readdress that, uh, uh, that fight with, with, with Loma and uh, leave Regis Progre to, to Jack Cattrall. Let's bring Jack in, because I believe he's, uh, he's weird. Is, uh, Jack, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, good, Adam. Thank you. How are you? Very well. Thank you very much for being on the programme, mate. Um, first and foremost, obviously, last <clears throat> week when Regis Progre was fighting uh, Danieletto Zuria, what did you make of the fight? Yeah, I was interested. Obviously, we knew that uh, he didn't have a long notice for that training camp. I think it was six weeks or so, but it looked like he was in the gym. Uh, and the opponent changed last minute. But, yeah, just like Sam said, it was a bit underwhelming. Uh, I think everybody was expecting big things for this homecoming and uh, was a left a little bit deflated after it. Uh, but, again, again, as Sam said, tremendous fighter, uh, two-time world champion, and I've been calling for that fight uh, since the day I signed with Matt Truman. We've even had terms agreed before that. Uh, we were scheduled to fight through one, no fault of our own. The fight didn't materialise, but... I do believe that fight there is, is there to be made now. When, obviously, in the aftermath of the fight, and actually pre-fight as well, he's asked questions about fights that are possible at 140, and then you hear names like Tiafimo Lopez, obviously, who, who fought the week previous. You hear Devin Haney's name. Your name doesn't seem to come out of his lips. What do you make of that? Yeah, it seems like he has to be prompted a little bit. Uh, and you know what? I honestly don't know. And I know that these other guys that you've just mentioned have been world champions and there's still some big names in the division, but I believe I'm knocking on the door. Uh, I had the fight last year, dipped my toes in, uh, and I believe I belong at this level. Uh, and I won't stop calling until I get these big fights. Is is the key, good evening, gents, is the key maybe to get your promoter, to get them to come over here to fight? Because Regis Progre enjoyed being over here, wanted to fight over here. Um, could you push him to get here? You know what, Gareth? Uh, 
and I've said this to Sam, said this to Matchroom, it doesn't matter for me where the fight is, as long as I get a fair shake of uh, of judges, of decisions, uh, I'm open to, to travelling wherever it, Regis is the champion, I understand that, uh, I'm not mandated, so it'd be a voluntary defence, uh, so it kind of sits with him really, so uh, wherever they call for the fight, uh, I'll turn up and I'll turn 100% ready to beat him. Sam, if I, could, if I could just bring you in for a second here, mate, because yeah. uh, obviously I do feel for Eddie Hearn sometimes because they put microphones in his face and they're constantly asking him questions and it seems to be the same questions every day, day after day after yeah. day after day. And obviously he's going to be asked about Regis Progre, who is a matchroom fighter now, and what you yeah. do next with him. And when he's on American soil, he might just be catering for the American audience. I found it a little bit disappointing that obviously yeah. Jack is also a matchroom uh, fighter, and for me, the obvious fight to make is Regis Progre versus Jack Cattrall. Yep. I get the attraction yeah. with Devin Haney completely, but I just believe that Regis Progre Jack Cattrall should be first, and maybe the winner of that goes on to fight Devin Haney. That should be the 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 progression. What conversations have you had with Eddie about this situation? About him even constantly mentioning Devin Haney's name as a next uh, opponent for De uh, for Regis. What what I'll say about that is, and it's not even as much as to Eddie's defence. He has, he's got Regis Progre over there who, listen, he's the lackluster points, but he's got to service Regis Progre. Regis Progre's like, ah, I want to fight Devin Haney. I don't think it's as big a fight as what it's being made out to be, but but he's got to look at, well, he's, listen, he, he, I'm sure he will look at that fight, but he knows he's got the best light, uh, uh, the best um, light world to wait in the world in Jack Cattrall. And I believe deep down in... Um, <laughs> deep down, that's the fight he wants to make. And that's, uh, that is the fight I believe he will make. Because, listen, it's not as if Jack's like Oliver Twist with his hands at all, oh, please give me... Jack deserves a shot. Everyone saw what happened in that fight. We don't want to keep dwelling on it, but everyone see, saw what happened in that fight. Jack deserves his shot. And um, Jack, and, and like you're going to what you said, Gareth, about does Regis have to come over here? Probably not. Jack's probably going to have to travel, but as long as we've got three scoring judges that are fair... Jack would fight him on Jupiter. The, I'm, ju I'm just looking at the... It baffles me the way that Jack's been um, uh, ranked in some of these sanctioning bodies mm. off the back of what mm. happened last Agreed. week. I, I saw that the IBF this week have actually boosted you from 15 through to 6. So therefore... He's 6 with 3. Well, he, he's, I've just, Jack's well, I've, 6 with 3 of the bodies, yeah, I think. Yeah, but he, he should be higher than that. This is absolutely yep. ridiculous yep. the way that, it, that, that this is all played out. Uh, Jack, I just want to get uh, your thoughts on, on a couple of things uh, here. Obviously, you will have been watching the Tiafimo Lopez, uh, Josh Taylor fight because it's in your division. What did you make of it? Yeah, I thought, uh, I thought Josh started well. He had a few a few good rounds in the first half of the fight. Uh, I had a lot of uh, a lot of questions that I wanted to to see him be answered in the fight. We've seen uh, the interviews with Tiafimo and his dad. Uh, I did think he he didn't look hundred uh, percent. Mentally prepared in a few of the interviews. Josh, again, uh, we had the fight scheduled, pulled out with injuries. Uh, I mean, I don't know how much of it's true, but you hear stories in James, he's not looking well sparring. So I was excited to watch it and see how it unfolded. And uh, I, I'll say I was quite surprised, but at the same on the same breath, I wasn't. Uh, and for me, Teal won it, won it clearly. Uh, after six rounds, I think Josh had, had one of the late rounds. I think it was round 10. Mm -hmm. uh, but quite conclusive. Uh, it was yeah. eight. It was eight four or nine three, really, wasn't it? You know, yeah, if, you, right, if you're yeah. fair. Yeah. Clearly, one of the later rounds, but 
I mean, he was cutting the ring off, not really going through the gears like we've seen Josh do in the past. Uh, his work rate, combination punching, single shots getting countered. And uh, by the end of it, he was, uh, he was getting beat pretty conclusively and uh, teeing off on him. Do you th- do you feel, Jack, that obviously you, you want to fight Josh again? Do you feel, I mean, he's told me since, we haven't had him on air, but he said his legs had gone after four and he just... Well, Josh will be going wasn't... up. He'll be going up. To yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But, but, but do, will we see, or well, I'll ask Jack, will we see a Josh Taylor fight for yourself even at 147? Is it a fight you want to have before you stop? Uh, I think that fight's always going to be there in the future. Yeah. Uh, but... I've set my intentions quite clearly with Sam and Matchroom. I wanna I wanna capture one of them world titles. Now I understand me and Josh is a bit of a grudge match and mm. it's always simmering away. So uh, if the shoe fits and the timing's right, uh, I'd happily go to welterweight and beat him at welterweight. Um what did you make of Tio retiring in the immediate aftermath or I suppose well, he's definitely we're, we're led to believe giving up the WBO version of that belt, so that now becomes vacant. What did you make of all that? Uh interesting. Uh and we've seen in the build-up to the fight, there was a lot of uh, quite outrageous comments yeah. and interviews that we've seen online. So uh, it didn't really surprise me that that, that happened after the fight. Uh, I've seen so it's not the case. And he has still, in fact, got the belt. How much truth that holds, I don't know. But uh, I think it'd be a shame. He's a young fighter, exciting fighter. He's, he's good to have yeah. in the sport. Uh, I want to be involved in exciting fights. And, and Tio's certainly one of them fights. So I do hope we see him again in the future. Your old pal uh, O'Hara Davis, it seems, is going to be fighting Rolly Romero for the WBA version of, uh, of the 140 strap. What do you make of that? Uh, interesting. I thought he said, I thought he going to flatten him. You know what, I think, interesting fight, whether, I don't know, I can't see Rolly actually taking a fight. I've got a feeling he's going to vacate the title, but you know what? Uh, I wish O'Hara well. I hope he gets the fight and uh, he captures that world title. Uh, I've been asked questions before about whether I'd fight him again and uh, if it was for a world title, then it definitely makes sense. Uh, we'll try not make it as as boring the next time round. Now, listen, <laughs> uh, it, it, if, we're, if we're dead honest about it, the, the first fight between Romero and Barossa should be being rematched because there's no way that that fight should have been stopped. Yeah, the worst decision I've ever seen. It was absolutely disgusting. And the way that Ismail Barossa's not getting another opportunity to fight for that WBA mm. uh, championship is a, is an absolute joke. Jack um, and, and Sam, I'm sure you could probably maybe shed a little bit more light on this. Activity-wise, when can we expect to see you out next? Uh, well, it all, it, all, it all rests on uh, on Edward Hearn. Eddie needs to uh, needs to call me very soon and make this Regis Prograde fight. But you're going to see Jack back end of September, October. Uh, w- with Regis in a world title fight or will it be something That's else? One, Adam, that is the one. That's the one, baby. That is the one. As if we just cut Sam Jones off, just as he's about to go and spout a load of whatever, right? The signal just di- dips out on him. Jack, as he was yeah. just saying there, back end of September, start of October is when you're looking to be getting out again. Um, Could you finish the sentence, even yeah. that Sam was on the way with there? Regis is the one. Let's make the fight, Edward Hearn. Uh, no, Sam's right. With uh, Activity is going to be the key. We had the win a couple of weeks ago, which was nice to be back in the ring after 15 months. Uh, and uh, I hope to keep busy now, hunting them world titles. Uh, we hope it's Regis. If it's not, we'll be back late September, early October, and uh, 
Yeah, but Jack, it should be. This is the thing. And uh, listen, you're yeah. a, you're a nice lad. I know you're a nice guy, right? And you're playing the game of boxing. You went to this promoter for this fight. That's why you signed that deal. Mm. You mm. have plenty of other options. You could be with plenty of other promoters. You've gone to this promoter because you were hunting down this, and now it's in house. It is an absolute no brainer to make Regis Progre versus Jack Cattrall for the Absolutely WBC right. Super Lightweight Championship. Absolutely right. Said it to Sam. I said, look, it's it's not as complicated as the rest of the fighters in the division. We're both under the same banner. I want the fight. He's got the title. There's no mandatories involved. Uh, I don't see any stumbling blocks. And I am confident, I do think over the next week or two, we will get a call or an offer uh, from Matt Troon, from Eddie, and uh, I'll be the first to sign up for it. Top man. Listen, all the best. Thank you very much for joining us on the show, mate. Uh, we will put your thoughts to Mr Pugre, who's going to be with us in about half an hour. All right, mate? Adam, Gareth, thank you very much. God bless. So that's what the hunter has got to say. Let's hear from the hunted, shall we? Here's the WBC super lightweight champion, Regis Progre. All good, man. All good. What's going on? Yeah, we're all good. Are you uh, are you doing some of that crazy swimming today? Are you, are you searching for crocodiles? Are you wrestling some no, shark man, somewhere? Yet. I know what you get up to no. in your spare time. Regis, what are you up no, to? No, no, not, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. No, I'm not, not doing none of that. Not today. I'm just, I literally just got back from Vegas yesterday, so... Just chilling at home right now, that's all. Ah, is that what you do on the downtime? So, obviously, the fight was in New Orleans last week. The Big Easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? Obviously, that's the hometown, my man. I know you're not there anymore, but you've gone to the hometown. Did you? Is that how you celebrate? You nip, you nip over to Vegas for a bit of downtime? No, nah, actually, it wasn't even downtime. Man. I had to do some more work out there. Um, <laughs> I was actually filming a show out there in Vegas. I'll let y'all know about it when it gets closer, but, you know, I just had to go do that. Um, nah, my downtime right now, I'm still at home. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm actually going right back in the gym, um, starting Monday and, you know, I'm, a, I'm probably at the end of the month in July, I'll probably, you know, do some other stuff, take some time off and, you know, go travel and stuff like that. Excellent. Well, you know what we like to do on this show here, mate? We like to try and make super fights. So of course we're going to throw names at you in a minute and try and make some fights. But first and foremost, um, mm-hmm. your takeaways uh, from last week and I'm not just talking about the fight itself give me the whole week because it's an opportunity for you to work with Eddie Hearn for the first time under matchroom going back to New Orleans see all your friends and family and fight in front of them and then the performance itself now the dust has settled what do you make of it all? Um, As far as all the promotion everything was good everything was real cool you know matchroom did a good job you know but I really want to you know I really want to shout out my own team man we, we did a I had my team, my people on the ground, giving out posters and flyers, and you know we had email blasts, and we we had a good crowd, man. We had a real good crowd. A lot of people came out, a lot of celebrities came out. So it was, you know, overall, as far as the event, you know, it was it was a real good event. The city loved it. You know, it gave we, you know, I, I think we sponsored, you know, a thousand kids or something like that to go to the fight. So it was it was a, it was it was definitely a good night. It was a good event for the city of New Orleans. Now getting to the fight, you know, fight-wise, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, you know, it wasn't a good performance for me. You know, I, I assessed my own self, and you know, I mean, the dude come, he came, he came to run, he ran around the whole time, and it was just something that we didn't expect. You know, watching film on him, all the film we watched, it was, you know, he came, he was there, he was fighting, you know, but when he fought me, he just ran around the ring the whole time. So, you know, we didn't. It was literally, I just didn't come prepared for that at all. You know, we didn't work on that style not one time in camp and you know I, I can't you know I can't say I blame it on my trainers or anything like that you know because you know he he didn't fight like he usually fights basically you know I, the the film I watched you know that was his only fight he ever fought like that literally just running around mm. the whole time so, mm. um you know the fight was just 
you know, for me, it was boring. I didn't, you know, I didn't like the fight. Um, uh, yeah, it was just a, it was just a real, and it was, I think it was coupled with a lot of things. It was, it was kind of a, it was a boring fight. He came to run around and, you know, on top of that, you know, I have the home, you, you get the hometown jitters and all that type of stuff. And just, I think all those things, it just, it just wasn't a good night for me. So a, frust- a frustrating evening. Is that the easiest way to to sum it all yeah, up for you? Yeah, very, very. Fr- yeah, it was definitely very frustrating. Yeah, very frustrating. Yeah. Okay. Well, before I, I bring something else up, then with with that in mind, is that a fight last week that you want to revisit to rubber stamp and put behind, or as far as you're concerned, is it done and you want to move on to something else? Nah, I think it's done. I move move on to something else. You know, I want I want the big fights. You know, I definitely want the bigger fights. You know, unification fights or big fights. You know that's what I want. So um, that now nah, I think I put it behind me. If I feel like you know I, I think I could have stopped him if he would have stood and fight. So if we you know basically, and if I do fight him again, um, we we would definitely work on you know cutting off the ring and all that type of stuff. But I think that if I if I end up do ever fighting him again, he won't do that. You know I think that you know from what I understood that you know he came just he he took the fight on three weeks notice so he really just came, he came just to not get knocked out he came to survive um and that's kind of what he did just run around Regis um obviously uh you know you fought over here we 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 became friends with you over here we we loved you over here you know the fans love you over here um mm-hmm. do you, would you like to come here and fight again um Jack Catterall is very keen for you to come and fight him here. There was talk about you two meeting um, slightly earlier in the obviously promotional ties have changed since, but is that a uh-huh. fight you want? I definitely will want to fight Jack. We're over there. No, <laughs> I will, I will, I will fight Jack, but I think over there, I wouldn't, I would I don't think it makes sense, you know, business wise for me to come fight him in his hometown, basically. You know, Where should that be then? Where should it be? Uh, just somewhere else, maybe you know, Middle East. Me and him actually, we had talks to fight, you know, in the Middle East and stuff like that before. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I I think just somewhere other than there, you know, it doesn't have to. Obviously, it doesn't have to be in New Orleans, you know. Just um, on that, just on that, Regis. Obviously, you're apprehensive about something, whether it be judging, officiating, or whatever it may be in the UK. Talk to me about that because this is a serious problem that I think we do have here. So, from a fighter's point of view, why are you apprehensive about coming here for that fight? Well, it's not. It's, it's just about like that's just his hometown. Like, I mean, if I feel like, listen, if he was the champion, then you know maybe I would have no choice but to come over there and fight. But he's, I'm, I'm, I'm the champion, you know. So I think okay. that it just, it, you know, it just, I think it doesn't make sense. Even you know, looking back on the whole the thing with Josh Taylor, like I was the champion, and I was number one seed in the world, and I was number one in the world. I was a world champion, and for me, it really didn't make sense for me to come there. Now, obviously, we did have a good show, and we fought the O2. Mm-hmm. It was good, but you know. I like I feel like, you know, I gave up hometown like the home field advantage when I come over there, you know, is when I when I came over there is literally like everybody rooting against me except for, you know, maybe ten to fifteen people in the stadium. Mm-hmm. But everybody else was, you know, going against me because it wasn't basically it wasn't my country. So mm-hmm. um I think like as far as a business standpoint, you know, it just it really doesn't make sense to come over if I'm the world champion. You okay. Know, if I like if he was the world champion then you know, it's like, all right, you know, we'll have some things to discuss. But I am the I am the champion. I'm the world I'm the one who have the belt. So I think it doesn't you know, it just doesn't make sense for me to come over there. Okay, I understand that. Now we had Sam Jones, who is Jack Catterall's manager on the show a little bit later on. Jack Catterall was on the show a little bit uh, earlier on. This is what mm-hmm. they had to say about you. So have a listen to this, this is what they had to say. 
Eddie needs to needs to call me very soon and make this Regis progress fight. But you're going to see Jack back end of September, October. With Regis in a world title fight, or will it be something That's else? One. Adam, that is the one. That's the one, baby. Regis is the one. Let's make the fight, Edward Hearn. Uh, no, Sam's right. With uh, activity is going to be the key. We had the win a couple of weeks ago, which was nice to be back in the ring after 15 months. Uh, and uh, I hope to keep busy now, hunting them world titles. Uh, we hope it's Regis. What's your take on that, Regis? Uh, listen, I'm cool with it. I'm cool. I, I told you I'll fight for me, bro. I don't. I'll fight anybody, you know. So yeah, like I said, we'll talk to we'll talk to Eddie, and we'll you know we'll see what's going on. We'll see if it's Jack next or whoever. You Is know, it when I, you say I, whoever? I when you say whoever, are you also looking at Devin Haney potentially at 140, and also even Tio Lopez at 140? Yes. That's for me, you know. Obviously, I do want the big fight. You know, that's that's what that's something I want. What's it's the biggest the big fight out of those two for you? Uh, I mean, I think. Let's be honest. For me personally, I would think Tio is bigger because Tio just won. Tio has a he. Well, he vacated the belt, but he still, you know, his stock really rose in that fight, Regis. I was there really live. Did. His stock really rose in that contest. Regis, exactly. we all, we so all know. You, you you know you know we know. The money in that division, with all due respect to everybody, is Ryan Garcia, now that he's at 140. <laughs> That's the money. I think Tio and right. Regis is a big money fight. I've got, listen, of course they are. I'm just saying the biggest money, because of the, the commercial value that he brings, would be Ryan Garcia. Do you think Ryan Garcia would step in with you right now, then? Uh, I don't think, not yet. I don't I think, think he, he would. I don't think he would. No, I don't think so. I don't think right now. I think he has the Tyson thing. He just got knocked out by Javante. So I think that he's going to wait a little while and maybe he's going to test his, He's going to test the waters at 141st and then after that, you know, I think he'll probably step in the ring with me after that. But um, I nah, think I you think and Tio, in terms, I mean, I'm, you know, obviously we'd love to see Jack fight you. He's earned the right for a lot of these things that we're pushing him forward tonight. But in stylistically, you and Tio is a phenomenal fight. And there's that timeline with you, he, and Josh Taylor as well that we'd like. And there is with Jack, of course. But I think that's a big fight in America because you're the guy that can get him out of retirement. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think it's, it's between. Yeah, gotta say bye I mean, to the family. Yeah, yeah, I had to say bye. Oh, I thought you were saying too late, too late for um, Tio because he's retired. No, 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 no. no. I, I think I think Tio. I think he's going to come back for a lot yeah. of money. I think he'll come back, and of course, with me, it'll be you know, it'll be a big fight. You know, yeah. so you know, it, it's of course for me. Listen, it's no, it's no disrespect to Jack. I think Jack definitely deserves a shot, but it's just. It's bigger fights out there for me, you know, and that's what I want. I do want the big fights. I want Tio. I want Devin. You know, Jack. I think Jack is. You know, I think he's a he's he's a he's a big fight too. Um, but over there, I think so. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it how, how do you I mean, think? Like how said. do you think it plays out? How do you? Because from a fight fan, fight fans' point of view, this, he's going to fight those two before he fights. I, I can I, I, I can see it. I can understand, right? But from a fight fans' point of view, I look at this Regis, and I, and I look at the division. And most people will conclude that Jack Catterall beat Josh Taylor. Most people will right, conclude exactly. that. Mm. He didn't mm. get his hand raised, but most people will conclude that. So, uh -huh. so that we're now looking at the 140 division to find out who the guy is, who's the number one. And obviously yours is a name that is in there. Are you the number one? 
But most people, from a fight fan's point of view, will say, well, to do that, you've got to go through Jack Catterall in order to establish that and, and reaffirm that you're the number one. No, they one. won't. They'll say you have to go not through Tio Lopez no, no, now. That's what fan, they'll I'm say. I'm talking from a fan's point of view. They no, they say, won't. I think they will say other people. I mean, I don't agree with that because, they, I, I mean, you, you have you have the... Yeah, you say you you could say you have to go to Jack, but then what about Tio? What exactly? You he's know? the one with you the stock, but he's retired. But Tio's retired. People with belt. Yeah, but who? But he hasn't really retired. Yeah, but we've got to go really off his word. Retired. We've got to go off his word at the moment. He says that he is retired. Right, but who? Yeah, right. We can go off his word, but I, I mean, who? Do you believe him? I don't. I don't believe him. He will come back if he gets nine figures. Obviously, he won't get that, but. You know, he will get a big pay. When he does come back, he will get a pay, a big payday. And so mm-hmm. he just wants his, he wants to get his money, which he does deserve. You know, he deserves yeah. a lot of money. If he got paid a million dollars for a Josh Taylor fight, that's terrible. That's, you know, they, they really are paying him peanuts. That's, that's really bad. But, you know, he just wants to get paid what he feels he, de- he deserves. And what so does he deserve now? Is, is you and he, is it a $15 million fight? I mean, I think it's more than that. Really? I would think so. I mean, I I think it's you know I I think it's more than that. I mean, you you have the people that's behind the scenes. They will they will make a lot of money. They will make a lot. So mm-hmm. the fighters definitely deserve you know the fighters definitely deserve a lot of money too. I think I think it could be more than that between me and him. You know, so like I said, for me, I do. I, I think Jack. You know, I, I think Jack does deserve a shot. You know, he he mm-hmm. deserves a shot at the belt because you know we did feel like yeah he he beat Josh Taylor, but the person that really really beat him was Theo. You know, that really actually beat him and got a, a win over him, and he has a belt at the same time. And Teal is a big name. He is a big mm-hmm. name in boxing. He's a big name here. He's a big name in boxing. And he has a belt, and he just beat Josh Hess, so his stock is really, really high right now. So for me, that's what I would want. And obviously, the Devin Haney thing, too, because Devin is a big name. I don't think Devin is going to fight me next, though, so I'm not really concerned about that also. And then you ha- you have another person out there been calling me out, you know, and I want to get my hands on him is Matias. You know, he and he has a belt also. Yeah. So it's just, you know, it is, it's a lot of big fights out there for me. And I think that, you know, I think Eddie, he's going to, you know, he's going to play on that too. He knows it's a lot of big fights because listen, the more I get paid, you know, he gets paid too. So I think he's going to, he's going to want to put me in, you know, he's going to want to put me in um, big fights. I always, Great stuff. I always enjoy speaking to you, Reed, because you're a straight talker. So thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show. Activity wise, when are you thinking? When are you thinking of being back out next? Uh, I would think like October, November, something like that. Um, I Excellent. think September is, is is probably too early for me. Um, so I think, yeah, about October, November, okay. something around that time. I know I saw Eddie tweeted maybe me and Matias on Christmas or something. So that's obviously that's around December. But I don't know if he he even has a deal with um the Matias thing. So I don't I don't know. I mean, like I said, I have to talk to them. I have to talk to Matchroom and, and see kind of what are they planning, what they thinking and what they, you know, what they planning. But I, for, for me, yeah, I think September is too early, but yeah, October, November is, you know, I think that's cool for me. This Saturday night, live on TalkSport, is the undisputed super middleweight championship fight between Franchon Cruz de Cern and Savannah Marshall. It is set to be a cracker in Manchester and... Franchon joined us on Saturday night to give us a little taste of what we can expect. Two brilliant fighters, the ultimate prize in boxing, the undisputed title. An absolutely huge fight. This is a 50-50 fight. These are the fights we want to see for boxing as a whole, not just in women. Another marquee fight for boxing. From England,
This is a fight I know myself and both Franchin have wanted for a long, long time. Undisputed super middleweight champion of the world. She used to fight at 168, but I don't know how she ducked me. The women seem to be leading the way more than the men. Here we go. Both big, powerful girls, so I think it'll be a show stealer. Timing is everything, and we're here now. We'll finally get it on. I fought here years ago, and um, just being here now, I think it's going to be received well because you guys here really love the sport of boxing. You support your own fighters, and you give credit where credit is due, so I can definitely respect that. Well, we like, obviously, characters in the game. You've got bags of personality, and we also like people that bring it. Uh, and your uh, your performances, obviously, uh, lend to that. I want to talk about the narrative of this particular fight and, obviously, your story into boxing, because I find it absolutely fascinating. <laughs> first, first and foremost, the fight itself uh, against Savannah. You have met previously as amateurs way back when. In fact, you might uh, in London, if I'm not mistaken, right here on, on British soil. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, does... I mean, we asked Clarissa very similar questions because they had a history in the amateurs coming into the professional game. Does he add a little bit of spice or is do you see the amateur game and the professional game as two completely separate things and you've all gone off on your different journeys? Yeah, I mean, we're two completely different fighters, but I mean, it's there. So, you, you know, she had a sample. She had an appetizer. But July 1st, she's going to get the main course and that victory is going to be so sweet. Uh, I like to live in the moment. I like to be present. Uh, I, whatever she has, I, I have more of it. Whatever she brings, I'm gonna bring more of it. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm just ready to take on and, and address it when it's in my face. I mean, the fight with uh, Clarissa Savannah was was kind of outboxed in that fight in lots of different ways. You are a much more aggressive fighter. Um, you're naturally, I don't want to call you a brawler, I don't mean it disrespectfully, but you like to let your hands go. She likes to have a fight. She, you, we've seen that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was there at your, I think it was your pro debut yes, against Clarissa, against Clarissa yeah. at the T-Mobile. It was the first night we'd ever been to the T-Mobile for boxing. I yeah, mean, you you guys produced a Hagler Hearns, a female Hagler Hearns <laughs> that night. For sure, for sure. I mean, I'm in the ring to fight. I, I, that's what I signed the contract for. You know, I don't come to look pretty. If I do look pretty, that's just a plus. But, but I'm you coming. did, because about 25 minutes after you'd had the fight, you both had your heels and your dresses on with your gangs, uh, your, uh, your gang, your girl gangs, and away yeah. you were out on the strip. At, listen, I mean, for me, even though I didn't get the decision, I just did something great. I fought at a, 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 a arena that hasn't been fought in before. Yeah. I was on Andre Ward's undercard. With that's great right, men. with Kovalev, so, that's right, yeah. I, at the positive things rather than the negative and I didn't get beat up I took a fight on two and a half week notice mm. and I still showed I got what it takes and it, I proved it as being the undisputed champ right now French just talk to us about that because two and a half weeks notice to take on uh, the double Olympic champs professional debut because they were struggling for opponents for Clarissa. No, no, everybody yeah. was turning it down left, right, and center. And you got the call out of the blue and said, "Listen, can you can you come out uh, and and turn up at the T-Mobile and and, and welcome Clarissa to uh, to the professional game?" How much did that process change your own career trajectory and and your own thought processes about yourself of how you're going to approach uh, the professional game going forward? It was so crazy because I never planned to go pro. I wanted to go to the Olympics. So I was going to, that was in like September, October, like in October, maybe. And then we fought in November. I was planning to start camp middle November to get ready for December to make the Team USA. And 
people don't even know. Like me and Clarissa had a conversation before the fight, and before the fight, she was like, "Are you sure?" And I'm like, "Are you sure?" I'm just like, "Hey, I, you know, what? What do I have to lose?" And I even told the matchmaker, like, "I know if I don't knock her out, I'm not going to get the decision, mm. but I'm not an opponent." And I need a career after this. So the business side of me, I had negotiated some things after so that I had some uh, support to continue my career. Because once I jumped into the professional game, I was all in. Mm. Um, I, you got, you know, sometimes your plan has to have a plan. And I just went in there to win, came up short, gave a great effort with what I had. And then I just made the most of it. And now I'm here, undisputed, and still. You made the most of it. You've absolutely gone from strength to strength to strength. And like you just said, become uh, the first super middleweight undisputed female champion. And now defending that on British soil against uh, uh, against Savannah Marshall next week, which we're all extremely excited about it. Gareth kind of sprinkled a little bit of uh, an introduction about half an hour ago to you being on the show. And we know about it anyway. We know that you can sing. So yes. come on, give, give give us this journey into this crazy boxing game because we've all seen you on American Idol French on. We've seen you obviously <laughs> giving it to Simon Cowell in the past and telling him what's what. How, do, how does someone with those aspirations then end up the undisputed champion of the world? <laughs> No, I do not know. I just think this is the way the universe wanted it to be. And, you know, the more mature I become, I think I just take it one day at a time because, as you say, okay, I already had ties to the UK because if it wasn't for Simon Cowell saying I can't be great at everything, I probably would not be as great as I am at everything. And um, I wouldn't be here now. So I just started boxing to lose weight. I always could fight. I was a great street fighter. And I just started boxing to lose weight so I can look hot like the pop stars. <laughs> but they said, look, you need to be big, beautiful, and strong and beat people up. And then people are going to appreciate your voice. So that's my journey. I'm sticking to it. So so, so you, you hold your 12-stone title for a couple of years. And I, I need to mention it because Glastonbury is in full swing right yes. now. Yes, it is, so yeah. maybe we see you at Glastonbury Festival in the future. You beat Savannah next week. Um, you hold on to your title. Well, I've got, I've got a rumor and, for and you. Then you. And then you go to Glastonbury next year. Why not? Yeah, good possibility. Listen, I've heard a little rumor, right, that you are genuinely contemplating singing the national anthem next week. Is this true? I mean, you know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. And, you know, apparently Tyson Ferry has a big reputation over in the States and over here that he likes to sing when he fights after. And, you know, I want to be the best, so I might top that and sing or something. But, hey, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> You're already over here in Manchester. You're up in Manchester right now. You've, you've taken this very seriously. You've been here a while already, yeah? Just a few days. I'm, I'm so serious. I think the great part about this fight, I really had the opportunity to train um, with the right support and just the proper time. My whole my whole professional career has been rushed, so I'm at some type of disadvantage with time or politics or things that's really been thrown to not give me a fair chance. So, you know, when I step in the ring July 1st, I have no regrets. I have no doubts because I really put the work in. Can I just backtrack on something you said just then to Adam when he asked you? Um, you were saying about you're always a good street fighter. Why was that? Why, why were you Why were you having to fight in the street? Well, um, I, I have all brothers, and because I was different, I was a transplant from one state, which is um, Virginia, and I moved to Maryland, which is about 30 minutes from Washington, D.C., and people tried to pick on me, 
and I don't start stuff, but I definitely would finish it. So people took my kindness for a weakness because I'm bubbly, I'm friendly, but mm. I do not like to be touched. I do not like to be violated. And I definitely don't like to be disrespected. So those were a few lines and boundaries that were crossed a lot. And sometimes, hey, I like to get my thing off. And, and, and when the boys pick on me, I had to show them I'm tough too. But uh, that's why I was a street fighter. <laughs> mm. are, you, are you looking for a big statement win next week against Savannah? Oh, anyway, any kind of way I win okay. is going to be a statement. Mm. It's going to be a statement. The fact that I'm here and I'm and I gave her a shot is a statement. So, just I want well, listen. I want to pick up on so, again just to just to finish off because uh, you were just alluding to there about camp and being over with your team and what have you. Is uh, is your husband still your your training partner? Oh yeah, we had so much fun this this time. He, I'm surprised he's not sick of me because we had a. <laughs> Um, we've been working. So you've, you, he's in there. You've been working hard. You've been uh, you've been going through. You've been putting him through the paces uh, as well. And I know that obviously he's got a, a budding uh, fight career as well. It would be pretty yeah. pretty impressive to have you both on the same card at some at some point, wouldn't it? That that is one of my goals before I retire, which I'm not thinking about doing anytime soon. But I've had a few goals that I wanted to do in professional boxing, and that's definitely one me defending my titles and him fighting for a title and just to make history as like probably the first uh, husband and wife boxing duo to do that. Tell us who he is, of course, because we haven't heard yet. Sing him out for us. Glenn Glenn Desern Jr., Mr. (laughs) Adversity. He don't say a lot with his mouth, but he speaks with his hands. (laughs) (laughs) But can he sing? Can he sing as well? Can he do a duet? No, actually, actually, he's a great author and he's going to have a book coming out probably later this year. Um, he's a type, he doesn't waste words on things, but when he does speak or he does write things, you'll be like, wow, he's very complex. He's a cool guy. So there you have it. Expect fireworks in Manchester this Saturday night. Junior Radio in to TalkSport for Fight Night Live. Myself, Gareth A. Davis, the one and only Spencer Oliver and John Rowling is going to be alongside me in the arena to get you closer to that action. Also, Natasha Jonas is in action, attempting to become a two-weight world champion. Should be a great night of boxing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, uh, so therefore you never miss out on any of the content that we bring you. You can do it on the TalkSport website or via Apple, Google Play, Spotify, you name it, we've got it. Go and get yourself stuck into it. And we've also got a YouTube channel uh, where we bring you plenty of boxing content throughout the course of the week, including Simon Jordan's chat on a weekly basis with Spencer Oliver. It's a must-watch. I'll, I'll give him to it. I'll give him to it. It is, it is must-watch. Anyway, it's on the uh, TalkSport Boxing channel. Make sure you check it out on YouTube. Thank you very much for tuning in. I'll catch you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market